Welcome to Family Tech Talk, the show that helps you be the tech expert of your home. From interviews with lifestyle experts on how they use technology to tech tips and the latest news. No matter what your skill level is with Family Tech Talk, you can be the person all your friends and family go to for tech advice. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Family Tech, where you get to be the tech expert of your home. So today I have a guest whose name I kind of like. Uh, <laughs> her name is Sarah, just like me. Uh, but Sarah Peterson also wrote the book called Momfluenced. The book is about how mom influencers uh, culturally impact women psychologically as consumers, performers of their stories, and as mothers. So having spent the last 15 years or so in this influencer world. I was super intrigued by the title. Uh, so I got the book on Audible, loved your take on everything. So I wanted to invite you on my show to talk about it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, what influenced you to create the book and, and a little bit more about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the impetus to write the book really came from my own experience consuming Momfluencer content, um, particularly as a new mother trying to sort of find my own maternal identity and really looking to these women that I found online as sort of blueprints. Um, and I was really struck by feeling like I wanted to emulate them and aspire to their lifestyles while also understanding that what I was seeing was only one, you know, little piece of their pie. And that, of course, motherhood is not always beautiful and always sunshine and rainbows. But I still found myself wanting that. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of understand the disconnect between wanting what I knew was not real and also, you know, my own maternal struggles. Right. Totally get that. Um, so I'd like to start with kind of a softball question. Um, what have you recently been influenced to purchase? Mm, what have I? My gosh, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I have not purchased this yet, but I have gotten that <laughs> a million times and I'm considering purchasing it. Uh, yeah. And I'm also writing about it because I think the ad is really funny. Um, it's a face cream by Ursa Major. And I've gotten this ad on Instagram like at least 10 times. And <laughs> something about the ad is just really absurd and compelling. And <laughs> I keep thinking about this face cream. So <laughs> that's that. <laughs> I totally get it. I have many uh, purchases uh, from Instagram ads and Facebook ads. You know, it's super targeted and it knows me. So it knows exactly what is going to resonate with me and and going to make me purchase. So yeah, totally, totally get it. My recent fail is I mean, I have mainly like straight hair, but um, I bought a like brush that was like a straightener. And like my hair's so thin, like it just doesn't didn't work at all. <laughs> I'm giving it to my friend. I'm like, I can't use this. So um <laughs> didn't work out for me. But there have been many products that have worked out. So um so I totally get it. Um, so my question to you is what do you think is problematic about like these social media influencers these days? Um, I mean <laughs> 
there are many things that can be problematic. Um, of course, not, you know, all influencers are the same and I would never want to, you know, generalize and assume they're all sure. you know, selling the same thing, the same messaging. Um, right. One thing particularly for momfluencers that can be tricky is that motherhood is not one size fits all. Um, our experiences of motherhood are so dependent on so many external factors, many of which are out of our control um, and many of which are systemic failures in this country. Um, so buying, you know, uh, under eye cream that a momfluencer says is, you know, curing her under eye circles because her baby's up all night is not going to make you well rested. You know, it's not going to help you with your newborn. Only like, you know, a total overhaul of our maternal healthcare system could do that. Um, so I think looking to momfluencer culture as a way to fix the massive, massive, massive problems that um, are impacting most mothers is where we're going to kind of get into trouble. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, if you're looking for um, a guide for, you know, good activities for neurodivergent toddlers, you know, ages three to five, you might be able to find a really specific great online resource for that. Right. Um, so I, I really do think it's all how you go about, you know, incorporating social media into your life and incorporating this content um, from like a really thoughtful place and a self-aware place. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, and I liked in your book how you're talking um, in the, the chapter about disruption, how, um, you know, some people who just kind of claim to have these like um, social, you know, views or whatever, but aren't really doing oh, activism, like yeah. pretend activism where I'm, you know, okay, yeah, I really believe in this, but I'm not really putting myself out there, like, you know, putting, you know, my stuff on the line um, right. to, to have that activism. So, um, I think that's, that's something to think about, you know, when you see these influencers and you're like, okay, are they just saying that or, you know, whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Performative. Activism <laughs> yeah. 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 Is, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, so what do you think it is that like draws us to these influencers like and not just ones like where it's that super specific neurodivergent from three to five like that's super easy to like figure out but right. these ones that are more damaging I think to our psyche what draws us to these influencers um I think the mythology of the ideal mother in this country is really ingrained in so many of our psyches um so many of us, especially if we're socialized as girls, are taught to view motherhood as like the penultimate goal. Um, we're taught to view our lives as mothers as being, you know, huge priorities and huge identity shifts. And if we're struggling with motherhood, we're not taught to ask for outside help. We are taught that we have all the tools within us ourselves. Um, so I think often we are just looking for an easier, better way to embody motherhood, um, because so many of us are struggling. Um, so, you know, completely unreasonable burdens are placed upon mother's shoulders in this country. So it makes complete sense that we're, you know, thirsty for anything that's going to make our lives more, you know, smooth. Um, and I think... 
I think it's hard to sit with the challenges of motherhood sometimes. Um, I think we want to believe that, you know, if we buy this product or follow this sleep advice or listen to this expert on whatever it is, that our whole lives will radically change. And I don't think it's that easy, unfortunately. (laughs) I totally understand why we you know, want to hope for something better. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah. And that really makes sense and resonates with me too, because um, I live in Utah. We were living in Southern California. I had my daughter and I freaked out and I, I said, oh my gosh, I have to be a stay at home mom. We can't afford it here in Southern California. So we moved to Utah so that I could be a stay at home mom. And I took about two weeks of that. And I was like, you know, that's not really for me actually. So, you know, I went back to work, but you know, we totally upended our life because I thought like this was what I was supposed to be doing. And and then I like I started doing it and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I hate this. <laughs> right, right, totally. <laughs> yeah. So like seeing other people like and this is before the influencer culture for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just seeing that, you know, that I'm not just this like, you know, uh, like a homemaker type person, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think is is damaging for some people who like think that that's supposed to be their whole identity. Totally. For sure. Um, so technically you and I could both be considered influencers. Um, so how can people discern from like what is true and what's just being shilled for money? Like it's a really hard line to walk, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that because somebody is getting paid for their work, we should automatically, um, you know, write them off as phony or as trying to trick us. Um, You know, especially monetized momfluencers, like they are doing a job, you know, they are fulfilling the same role that traditional women's magazines and media have for so long, and they deserve to be paid for their work. Um, If we're, you know, clicking on their outfit to buy a sweater from The Gap that they have sponsored content with, like that, that doesn't, I don't think there's anything inherently bad about that, that they're getting a percentage of that sale. Like we were going to buy this one from the gap regardless. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I think I, I, I guess I think it's a little unreasonable for us to hold momfluencers to, to expect them to give us everything, to be completely vulnerable, to share all their personal details with us in the name of quote unquote authenticity. Um, they are doing a job and, you know, hopefully they're honest about their product recommendations. But I think we as consumers also have to be responsible about, you know, like knowing that this is a type of marketing, like they're right. being paid to market for, you know, various companies. So I think some of it is just self-education and awareness. Yeah, I totally get that. So, you know, like if I'm watching TV and I see a commercial or YouTube and I see an ad, I should kind of make that similar, you know, okay, if I see that ad, I might look at it like, oh, that looks interesting. And then do a little more research on my own to see if that's something that I actually do want to purchase. Totally. Yeah. Um, And, and just because it's an influencer saying it doesn't necessarily mean it's, bad or good. Right. Um, Totally. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Um, and I do struggle with that. Like I don't, 
share a lot of like my my personal life like instagram stories is kind of like the bane of my existence I'm like i don't even know what to do with this um <laughs> just because like what i share is like tech advice and i'm like nobody cares that i'm sitting at my desk like working all day yeah so yeah. like i don't really share my personal life very much but um but i can see that it's um it like kind of costs me some audience because like people don't really feel a connection to me, which I mean, they shouldn't just because I, they just come to me for the tech advice and then they go away. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, that's definitely something I struggle with. Like I, yeah. I, I'm not interested in sharing my personal life. Out there. Right. Right. Um, but so are there, I, I, you called a lot out in your book, which, um, were great. I followed a bunch of them, but are there influencers out there that you really do enjoy watching and watch on a regular basis? Yeah. Um, I love, love, love Laura Danger. Um, she's on TikTok and Instagram and her whole platform is um, egalitarian gender roles in the home. Um, I love Casey Davis. She talks about um, care work as being morally neutral um, and has a lot of really actionable resources for just, you know, the day-to-day -day grind of keeping a home, which it's, it's daily work, you know, and many of us struggle with it. And she has really great practical tips. Um, who else do I really love? I love Rebecca Tossig. Um, she's at Sitting Pretty and she's just a beautiful lyrical writer. Um, and she also writes about being a disabled mom, which is like really illuminating, enlightening um, viewpoint that I think, you know, especially those of us who are not disabled really can benefit from. Um, yeah, those are th three that jump to my mind immediately. But yeah, there's there's so many. Yeah. And like, if you don't have her book yet, you know, super easy, Kindle, Audible, whatever you want. Um, like you said, or, or like I said, there's so many creators in there that you feature and talk about. So um, definitely checking any of them out too. Um, and I really like, I, I didn't put this in the questions that I was planning on asking you, but, um, we were talking, I talked a lot about the, um, social media advisory from the surgeon general who really, I, I liked it and I was prepared to hate it because, um, I, I generally don't like those things that come out from the government. Um, but he really highlighted the good and the bad that can be with social media and, and highlighted these like marginalized communities who are finding community on social media. And that's something you really highlight too in your book. Um, can you touch on that really quick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, social media can be such an invaluable resource for people who might not, you know, live close to an actual, you know, brick and mortar resource, for example, or who might, because of geographical limitations, um, you know, not be able to access certain services or certain, you know, community supports. Um, I'm thinking of Mia O'Malley, who I feature in the book, and she is a fat mom influencer who provides so many incredible resources for fat friendly medical uh, care providers, which is a huge, huge issue finding somebody who is going to treat you as a person um, and who's going to give you good medical care uh, as a person in a larger body. Um, 
And, you know, somebody can just follow me at O'Malley, go to her stories where she has these resources and then be connected to, you know, a doctor who's going to give good health care. And that's like a huge, huge, huge thing that would not be easily accessible were it not for social media. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I think there's so much good that can come with it. You just need to, you know, maybe limit your time, don't get sucked in um, and, you know, do those kind of things also for your children. But, you know, make sure they're able to see that there can be good. Um, but one thing I, I talked to the American moms about, um, is making sure you don't find yourself in an echo chamber. So, you know, you're in social media and it's going to be feeding you content that you enjoy, you know, and just make sure you keep trying to confuse the algorithm as to kind of which side you're leaning towards so that you're still getting content from both sides because, you know, finding yourself in this echo chamber can be really damaging too. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so, uh, a lot of things are discussed about social media's effect on teen mental health, um, that, you know, this social, this advisory from the surgeon general is all about teens basically. Uh, but what kind of effect do you, are you seeing on like these perfect moms having on mom's mental health? Um, it's, you know, it's upholding this very unattainable standard that, isn't achievable for many or, you know, most women. Um, and I think motherhood is an intensely vulnerable experience. Um, you're forced into a certain level of powerlessness, you know, in many ways as a mother. Um, and it's really easy to feel as though you're failing or as though you're doing the wrong thing. Um, like the stakes are really, really high when it comes to mothering. So I think it's, very easy to get into sort of a shame spiral into sort of a everybody but me is doing it right. Um, and this is where I think like having conversations with yourself is really useful. Um, kind of checking in with yourself after engaging with social media and asking like, am I feeling better? Am I feeling worse? Am I feeling neutral? Like how is this, um, impacting my mental health, um, is really like, kind of a necessary thing to do regularly. I totally agree with that. Maybe we should um, have the social media companies like send little notifications after you've closed the app or something. <laughs> hey, so how did that make you feel today? Is there anybody you need to unfollow? Mm -hmm. Totally. <laughs> great. Um, so I'd love to dig into kind of the other side because, you know, we're talking more about like being influenced, but on the other side of like sharing, um, I'd love to talk to you about this whole Ruby Frankie situation. Um, since that case is currently ongoing, she had her channel, Eight Passengers, and overshared a lot of her kids' lives. Um, so what do you have any opinions on that? Like, and this is kind of before all of this, but like just when she was actually on YouTube and sharing her kids' lives. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of opinions about her case specifically. Um I will say I think the issue of consent and privacy when it comes to children is just impossibly tricky to navigate. Um, I don't necessarily see how children can meaningfully consent to participating in social media um, simply because their brains aren't fully developed and they have no way of understanding what participating in social media might look like or feel like to them later in their lives. 
Um, it really reminds me of, you know, child actors, like how can a six-year-old sign a three movie contract and fully understand what that entails, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think consent is really difficult. And I think, yeah, we, I was really encouraged to see the Illinois bill passed, um, which is essentially, you know, putting labor laws into effect for children of influencers who, um, whose parents' income is contingent on their participation. Um, right. so I think, you know, industry standards to protect children's finances are great, yeah. but I don't think that really addresses issues of consent. Um, yeah. And I think there's other countries that have the right to be forgotten um, laws. So if a child grows up and looks at the content, you know, her parents put online, they can, you know, petition a judge to have it all deleted. Um, so I think that would also be a great step forward. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I do feature my kids occasionally um, on some reels and stuff, but like you said, they, are they really old enough to consent? But I always like ask them like, Hey, I have this idea for a reel. Are you interested in participating? Totally. You know? And, and if they're not, then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'll, I'll think of something different. Um, yep. you know, and, and sometimes they're not, you're like, yeah, yep. no, I don't want to do that one. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but you bring up a good point as to like, well, I mean, they're 14 and 18 at this point. So yeah. they're, they're a little older, but, um, but yeah. And then, and sometimes he, like my son will be like, yeah, but I don't want to show my face or something like that, you know? So mm -hmm. we'll, you know, record it in a way where his face isn't shown or something. Right. But, right. Um, but yeah, that's something for me to think about. Like, well, are they really even old enough to consent to that? Um, right. even though I've asked their permission. Right. Right. I mean, certainly different, you know, an 18 year old versus a five. -year -old. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> a little but, different. No, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you think like the ones who do overshare or like are having their kids as part of the con? I mean, it broke my heart seeing some of the, I, I hadn't heard of her before um, all of this stuff came out, yeah. but you know, they're around the dinner table and she like, or I think her husband was reading off texts like that her son was getting and like publishing this on like YouTube. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. why would you do that to your child? And the child is t clearly embarrassed and like, and they're definitely embarrassing them. Like, do you think the parents that do this, like are understanding what they're actually doing to their kids? Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's a hard question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I, you know, these are, these are all individuals. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really hard to imagine. Um, it's hard to imagine doing that. Um, it feels, you know, not great. Yeah, you know, definitely feels, feels icky. Yeah, yeah, it feels like you know, a, you know, abuse is obviously on a spectrum. But well, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to yeah sorry. Like, I, I just want to talk to somebody about this. Like, do I they know. really get it? Like I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, so like if we are, when we kind of gave a couple examples, but if we are going to share something about our kids, like what should we do? What should we think about? You know, even if I'm not an influencer and I'm just like sharing something on my personal Facebook, like, you know, what should we kind of ask ourselves? Um, I think it's useful to center the storytelling on, you know, ourselves. Um, I think it's 
totally possible to talk about the experience of motherhood without talking about our kids, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like say I'm struggling with potty training. I'm struggling with my feelings about potty training. You know what I mean? I'm struggling with not feeling in control. I'm struggling with feeling inadequate as a parent. Like there are ways to talk about this stuff that don't require specifics um, that might invade our children's privacy, I think. Yeah. Um, So yeah, to center it on like the maternal or parental experience rather than, you know, the child's story. Like if something is happening to your child, that is their story and their story to tell versus Mm -hmm. I can totally talk about, you know, struggling with feelings that relate to parenthood in a way that doesn't implicate my kids, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does totally make sense. Um, Do you think there are situations, I mean, you know, so my daughter turned 18, so I posted a bunch of pictures, but like this is on my private Facebook. I didn't, you know, post it on my, uh, on my influencer page. Yeah. Um, But like, even in those private settings, it can still not be private. You know, nothing is private, even for adults. Um, So is there anything we should really think about in those situations too? Gosh, I don't know. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think just go in knowing that the internet is (laughs) never a private place. Right. Yeah. Um, And I don't know, think about like what sort of function do I want this to serve for me personally? Like, what sort of feeling do I want to get from this? Like, you know, maybe I can get it a different way that doesn't involve social media. Um, right. Maybe I just want to tell, you know, a good friend about like an achievement related to my parent. Like there's, I think there's other ways to sort of get what we're looking for. Right. You know, that don't require social media stuff. Yeah. And that totally makes sense. It just kind of, it has nothing to do with parenting or being a mom, but right. with, with Wordle, um, I love playing Wordle, but I'm not going to like post it on my like Facebook page every day. Like, so I have just like a little text group of like three mm-hmm. or four friends and we post our Wordles like just to each other every day. Yeah, totally. And that's really fun for me, but like has nothing to do with like overshare. Like, but we could, you know, take that kind of example and mm-hmm and put it in our personal life, you know, do you have a text group that just has like your extended family in it, you know, that you can share pictures and things in there instead of, you know, for the entire world to see. Totally. Um, as our kids are growing up and they start oversharing and like, and there's so many kids who like aspire to be YouTube sensations. Um, so how can we kind of talk to them about this oversharing and what they should still keep private? Um, I think, you know, we can be honest with our own struggles. Um, I think sharing stories of failure can be good for kids to learn from um, and emphasize like how hard it is for us as adults, yeah. as you know, like I'm 41 and it's really, really hard right. um, to sort of, disabuse them of the notion that it's easy for anyone. Like it's it's just really hard and it's a brand new technology in terms of like, you know, the human species, (laughs) like this whole (laughs) brand new and we're all figuring it out as we go. Um, And I don't know, I try to like talk to my kids about like, I want you to experience life to the fullest and like, you know, 
I want your brain to like <laughs> into its fullest and like because I think sometimes kids are like you're just being mean or you're just being like a downer right. um, so like rooting it in like it's because you know it's because I want you to experience you know everything life ha has to offer outside of a screen Right. Right. Um, and I think one of the things I, I try and instill in my kids is like to be aware of their digital footprint. And that includes the stuff that I've shared, you mm -hmm. know, I'm like, okay, you know, these are the things that I've, you know, basically said about you online. And this is the stuff that you're saying about yourself online, you know, and, you know, where can we maybe delete something or clean something up? Because, um, you know, there's, it, it, there's influence or, you know, celebrities, that get canceled for something they said like, you know, 15 years ago when it probably, you know, was still not appropriate at that time, but the timing was different and it had different kind of connotation back then or whatever. And today they're getting in trouble for it. And I just kind of try and show my kids that kind of thing. Like, is there anything that you think you're going to regret, mm -hmm. you know, 10 years down the road or when you're applying to college or applying for a job or anything like that, you know, those kind of things we should not have online. Right. Totally. Um, so let's kind of go back over to like your book and stuff. Um, and I, I really want to talk a little bit more about the, the disruption chapter. Um, because I thought that was super interesting of like how people are using social media. Like you were saying, like, okay, this doctor is good. And this, doctor's not, you know, I'm going to drive two hours to this hospital because it's going to give me better care. Um, how can people in like these marginalized communities find those like people who are going to help them out? Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't really have a great answer for that other yeah. than you know, like specific search terms. Um, the more specific sure. search terms are, the better. Yeah. Um, I, I would say like, rest assured that they're out there. Um, right. like there's so many diverse resources on social media, um, that, you know, are, are there. And it's just often algorithms feed us the same thing after the same thing after the same thing. So it might not be, yeah. you know, immediately clear that they're there, but they are there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then kind of to wrap it back up into like getting influence. So if I'm, I'm on Instagram and I'm getting fed this ad over and over and I can't stop thinking about it, you know, I, I'm a person that is highly influenced, you know, mm -hmm. I I'd get invited by a brand to some event. And, you know, this was back when I was just blogging, um, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And, you know, I'd get invited to this brand event and like, I come away like, oh my gosh, this brand is the best brand in the entire <laughs> world. Like, how can I kind of, you know, not fall victim to that kind of influence? Um, I guess just like reminding ourselves that you know, a lot of this, hey, girl, hey, BF, you know, like girl to girl, mama to mama, like vernacular is employed for the express purpose of getting us to spend money. Um, right. We don't know these people. We are strangers to them. Um, and yeah, social media is a marketplace. You know, it's sure it can provide communities um, and resources, but 
it's also a shopping destination. So to just be really clear about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about, um, about, you know, online, social media, getting influenced, being influencers? I don't think so. Yeah. I think, yeah, this were, these were great questions. Thank you. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, well, thank you so much, Sarah. It was so good to talk to you. Love your name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> And people kind of are, I'm a little bit older than you, but like people our age, there was like six other Sarahs in my elementary school classes. So oh my um, gosh. Yeah. it was definitely more common back then. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah. So if you want to pick up Momfluenced, um, like I said, I listened to it on Audible. The, um, it, it wasn't you reading it. So um, it, it's fine. But <laughs> no, I really, uh, I enjoyed the uh the voice of the person like yeah, some yeah. books i get i'm just like you know i can't right. finish this book because i cannot stand this person mm -hmm. reading it no, but she's great. yeah yeah she was great um uh, i i loved it so um check out momfluenced audible kindle you know all the places all the places just you know go ahead and pick it up and it was really fascinating i i want to say like it it took a lot of turns that i wasn't expecting so um like just from the title, like if you look at the title and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be about this. And you're like, oh no, there's a lot more to it. So, um, so I really enjoyed it. And thank you so much for taking the time to, yeah. to talk to my audience and, and we will, um, yeah, go, go check out her book. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yep. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to family tech talk. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. I am Family Tech on all platforms and respond to all of my DMs. You can also become one of my techs by joining the Facebook group, our subreddit, or the Discord server. Just search any platform for Family Tech and you'll be sure to find the community.